just got back from Ottawa at a conference and got super inspired, but not in the way that they wanted us to be. This is Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns, and I'm here with Kelsey. Hello, I am Kelsey. I use she, they pronouns as well. You know, some of the, one of these days, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to really throw everybody for a wrench and I'm going to say I use they, she pronouns. And then everybody that knows us that listens to this is going to like fall on the floor because they're going to be like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but we'll take yeah. it. It's not happening today, but someday. Someday it will happen. Someday they'll flip. And then who knows, maybe they, them, if we get Ooh. really wild. Let me all make up something fun. Some new neo pronouns? Yeah. Who knows? And guess what? You'll have to respect them no matter what. Oh, ha. <laughs> so our St. Albert Pride is coming up this weekend. Um, yeah, and we are recording this much later in the week than we usually do. <laughs> so I have less time to edit it. And we are not stressed at all. Um, so <laughs> the energy in this gets weirdly, I don't know, not aggro, but like <laughs> just kind of stressy. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always like to think that Pride Month is when you see the most rainbows, but you're always also almost like the most aware of homophobia and transphobia in the world during Pride Month. And it almost feels like it, it, you know what? It almost feels like they feel like it's their Pride Month too. I know. The homophobe and the transphobes. And it's like, that's not what this is about. This is about us. But we just, I, sometimes I feel like people will use Pride Month to just. I know. You know? Well, it's like people who people. come to Pride, but they're not very good allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, we see you with your photo op, people. Yeah. We see you. We watch you post that. And we laugh. We see that your boyfriend <laughs> didn't come with you because he's a homophobe, but you're dating him anyway. Oh, we know these things. <laughs> oh, wow. The energy is all right. Oh, it's going good. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of being aggro, uh, we're talking microaggressions. Uh, that's been a topic around our office recently um, and probably around your offices too. So... Kelsey, do you want to tell them what it is or do you want me to? Um, you go nuts. Okay. You can do it. So um, microaggressions, it, this kind of came around as a term in the 70s, although it's been a thing for much longer. This is just kind of when it was named. Um, and this was specifically to do with Black people and how white people would just kind of let their biases sneak out. Um, Microaggressions can be a joke or a comment or even what they think is a compliment. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's meant well, sometimes it's not. Sometimes people are aware, sometimes they're not. Um, And then since then, it's just been kind of expanded to include all marginalized groups. So we as queer people get them uh, quite often from certain people. And they come in a couple forms. So there are insults, right? There are people playing into harmful stereotypes. Um, There are also what are called micro invalidations, which I feel like is one we really get a lot, especially around Pride Month Mm -hmm. with people being like, oh my God, it's so great to be gay now. You don't have to deal with any of the, like it used to be so bad. It used to be so violent, blah, 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 blah. And things all just sunshine and rainbows now. It's like- 
Mm-hmm. Okay, not quite. And it's just, um, yeah. so the invalidations are like denial of a reality. It's kind of like when people act like since Obama was elected that there's no more racism in the US or like that kind of thing. That like it just sucks the air <laughs> out of my lungs because I can't actually believe people believe that. But anyways, continue. that's not the point of this episode. Yeah. So yeah, oh. um, so it can be little comments. Like, you know, we've all heard the, like, I can't be homophobic my cousin's a lesbian or Kelsey gets this one a lot (laughs) I get this a lot you know I have a lot of straight family and yeah my family will be the first to tell you that they are the best I'm an ally because I have a gay daughter sister cousin you know like fill in the blank of whatever role I play to them but yes like and that's like being a token being the token Mm -hmm. is also like it's that right like tokenism is a it's wrapped up it's like from the same thing yeah so so you need like so we all hear it every friggin' day every single day like when you get interviewed by a newspaper and like somebody else hears that you were interviewed by the newspaper but then they weren't interviewed it's like oh well that must be nice it is pride month you know <laughs> they do like to talk to the gays it's like yeah you know once a year we're palatable enough to put in their newspaper yeah how nice yeah how a nice really, for us a really common one that people of color probably hear um is where are you from no where are you really from <laughs> yeah oh so a lot of it is based on certain assumptions and biases whether people are aware of these biases or not um you know we have one person floating around who uh likes to make jokes but they are not jokes they're jokes to her but they um reflect an underlying bias and what she really thinks you know, she kind of says the quiet part out loud, but then laughs after like, oh my God, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's like, it's like, you can talk about being an ally all you want, but the things, those are the things that communities like the queer community, like the black community, like the other racialized communities, like these are the things that we look for. <laughs> Like, and you mm-hmm. say you're an ally and then like, I hear these things and I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I know who I'm not going to if I need something. Yeah, exactly. Like we were joking, we were doing an info session at a school with a bunch of parents a while ago. It was really great. And we were joking about how much like flags, it's almost like, like a dog hearing a very high pitched noise. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't usually look at the flags above schools, but I have been noticing every single time there's a rainbow flag. It's like, I'm drawn to it. And something similar happens with these little comments. Like nobody else in the room might notice, but the person who's part of the group, we notice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you kind of think, being the person receiving these comments, and if you think about the person receiving these comments, a lot of times you're thinking, well, like, what are you doing in response? Are you standing up for it? Blah, 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 blah. But we, it goes back to that same thing where we are always doing the work. <laughs> like, 
I don't always have the energy at 8.30 in the morning to try to educate you on why that was a microaggression. Um, after I've been supporting a family that is really, really struggling, it's not really the time that I want to be like, hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, you can't say that because I don't want to have that confrontation and that big conversation. And there are times to have that conversation. And a lot of times that conversation has already been had with somebody. So, and you don't want to do it over and over again. And it's like in almost every situation where we deal with microaggressions, there has been a conversation Mm -hmm. had with somebody about how it's not okay. And how it is a microaggression. And it's like, my mom always used to say when she used to say the same thing to me over and over and over, like Kelsey, I'm beating a dead horse. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what it's like, right? Like the horse is dead and I don't have the energy right now because I got all these other friggin' so horses. many horses. Yeah. Like, uh, <sighs> uh, I know one that I get all the time as someone who is a woman and anyone who presents to the world as a woman and is assumed to be a woman probably gets something similar um, is random people especially patrons or coworkers or managers calling you pet names. That's a real big one. Like when Becca says coworkers, she doesn't mean, no, no, no. I don't mean, I don't mean my current workplace. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and it's generally men making coworkers. these comments. No, it's past ones like sweetheart, sweetie, my love, darling doll. Like I know. Yeah. Yeah, like a random customer, like you answer the phone. It's like, hi, this is Becca with blank. I'm like, hello, my love. Like, don't, don't call me that. I don't know you. Yeah. No. Like, I don't know if it's worse to have a stranger that just came in or if it's a manager. I don't, they're both terrible. I almost feel like a manager because you have to see them more. Well, you have to think of like the power balance, right? So yeah. it's like, a ma- like, I think it's worse for a manager for sure because like if it's like a patron or somebody that's like coming in and accessing your service, like the power balance, like your ba- your power is higher than theirs. So it's like, it kind of, there's a little bit of safety that comes in power, right? But if it's like a person above you and it's a manager, it's like you, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, God forbid you are uncomfortable because you can't say anything because yeah. that person's above you and probably controls your job and you're pay and you know so it's like even power even with patrons though a lot of times you can't say anything if you're in a customer service role you just have to do the smile and hi welcome how are you I guess so because it's not like they're being aggressive well yeah it depends on what kind of job you have if your manager empowers you to Mm. do that or if they pull the whole the customer is always right Mm. which I just learned the other part of that phrase. Except like when they're so not. Many phrases. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's something along the lines of like in matters of taste, the customer is always right. Oh. So like, even if they like this super ugly hat and it looks terrible on them, you should still sell it to them. Mm. Which doesn't mean the customer is always right. Exactly. Like so many sayings that we chop half off of, it means the opposite. God. I know. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's one. Um, another one I've seen is having like male colleagues having like pinup calendars 
like sexy, you know, stand scantily clad women in their office. Yeah. Office? Can I have a pinup calendar in my office? Well, no, of course not. Oh, that would be inappropriate, Kelsey. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I hate this. No, it's it's basically like doing oh. these things and then making people feel uncomfortable and then being like, oh, you're yeah. so sensitive. Or oh yeah. my favorite. Is it that time of the month? Oh my God. Don't even. I'm just really. I'm just slowly killing Kelsey with my examples Um, because we've all heard them. Yeah. Because these, yeah. And these are not things that, and like, if you say these to people, please don't. Um, Another microaggression I would like to draw attention to is one that I heard recently. which I'm sure is going to, this is the one that's going to make you react. Um, but somebody who's being, is dealing with um, an indigenous community and the indigenous community references residential schools and the white individual is like, well, I didn't do that to you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, as soon as you said indigenous, oh, I was dear like, what's God, it going to be? That is a microaggression. Like that's a flat yeah, that whole like that's also a microaggression. So yeah, when we say micro, it's to differentiate it from things like physical assault mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So it's micro in terms of the perception by the perpetrator, not micro in terms of the impact on the sort of receiver. Yeah. yeah so I feel like we should clarify that. Yeah, because. Yes, because microaggressions sometimes do look like verbal assault. They can be. Yeah, it can include slurs. It can be people just super casually throwing around slurs and then arguing with you about how Mm -hmm. it's totally fine. Um, But that's the thing is like, yeah, it's the words and like the language used usually. Generally, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of how to say more recent queer focused examples without being too specific (laughs) so um yeah so we for instance we were on global a while ago so we got to be on tv um and someone (laughs) said like forget my language we try not to swear but they (laughs) said fucking gays always getting all the attention and like laughed it off because it was a joke to them. But again, it belied this underlying belief. And it's like, oh, cool. So we get kind of slightly acknowledged one month of the year. Mm-hmm. And even then, a lot of times it's either completely ignoring our trauma or completely based yeah. around our trauma. Yeah. It's like how like white media only wants black stories that involve slaves or enslaved people. yeah and that's the thing because if I think about like the past couple times that we've been yeah on these things or in the paper or whatever it's all about like how we save lives and like stuff like that and it's like yeah yes but yeah like these kids are also like really poor depressed really queer and really fun and like it's not all like emo Mm -hmm. music and like black it's a lot of rainbows and a lot of musicals 
we do like to, the reason, and this is, it's so complicated because when you're thinking about something like this, it's like, I think about like the trainings that we've done over the past little while. And we always talk about how hard it is for these kids. And yes, we hammer that Mm -hmm. home. But the reason that we hammer that home is not because there are kids that aren't thriving. It's not because they don't have a great life as well. It's because they are they have it disproportionately hard compared to all the other kids. So, or the straight kids, all the other kids. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> yeah, and if you add like we we've, we've said this before, but once you add other intersectionalities, yeah, intersectionalities into that it's just yeah exponential so like we're not saying Um, like they're all depressed and they're all in a really really dark place and like none of them are going to survive and oh my gosh it's so bad but what we're saying is the amount of kids that experience that are more than you know unless you're reading research and just to really hammer home the importance right because like I just did an interview for a newspaper and I was trying to like he asked me like, why is this important? Why is this so important? Like, which is a good question, right? Um, you know, it's, it's good to kind of really explain. And I mean, first off, I spent about two thirds of this interview explaining basic concepts to this man. Um, but I started talking about all this stuff happening down South. And we've talked about this before on the podcast about how much it's affected our kids and how it's making, you know, really hateful people feel really brave. Um, and almost like a confirmation for them. But he said, are we seeing this in bills in parliament or is it just harassment? And yeah, just harassment. Like it's not harassment that, you know, leads kids to, yeah. Yeah, Just (laughs) harassment, you know, and that. So that's one of those invalidations. Sometimes it's not even harassment, you know? Sometimes it's just, yeah flat out invalidation and that's not like that's not what you would call harassment but like sometimes it's just being completely left out of the uh, space and that's enough like when you are in a space that is not made for you it is a very very awful feeling and that is and that is enough nobody has to actively be doing anything their lack of doing something is enough you know so Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is just kind of just think about why, like, if you get called out on one of these things, or if you say something and a marginalized person makes, you know, that (laughs) face, like, did they really just say that? Um, Just kind of think about it, you know, think about why it elicited that reaction and where those comments are coming from, right? Because you can't really deconstruct bias unless you're aware Mm -hmm. of it. And I'm not saying that anyone who's biased is bad. We absolutely, literally everyone has internal bias. We all yep. do. And like, we come by it, you know, usually very, very young through, you know, how we were raised or media or just like any number of things. Um, so I don't want to demonize anybody who, you know, is biased, like, but it's something you need to work on. Yeah. Right? That's not a, that's not an out. That's a call in. We're calling you yeah. in work with us to work on yourself yeah work with us to become like and if you ask if you say something that you're like oh maybe that came across real real bad you can ask hey was like how oh sorry I see your face 
maybe uh, that's not maybe that I shouldn't have said that right or like what does that like what did I say what did I say because but not like in a defense no in a learning of like why are you so offended no in a learning way where you obviously (laughs) want care about the person that you're having a conversation with and you want to be educated because that is all any of us want is to be educated and if you're not like Mm -hmm. putting yourself in that position to accept that then like you need to reevaluate your allyship. Actually, if you're not putting yourself in a position to accept that educa- education, I take back your badge. You don't get that badge anymore. That's mine. Yeah. I'm the straight ally yeah. now. <laughs> An ally to the straights? Is that? Yes. No. Kelsey just <laughs> yeah. what came out of Whatever. their mouth. You know That's a look mean. of I regret you know what, what I, mean. I just said. You don't get your badge. Yeah. You're not an ally to this community if you're not ready to learn absolutely yeah and yeah I mean maybe we talk about this all the time maybe do some educating on your own like maybe look up if you work with a marginalized community maybe look up you know what some really common microaggressions are and think do I accidentally fall into some of these totally right and it just kind of helps you point towards certain biases that you might need to work on and it doesn't always have to be googling right like go on your social media look up queer creators of color and press follow and then it's already there you're scrolling anyways you're flipping through stories like these like creators will share this stuff with you on the out loud page we share microaggressions we don't microaggress I don't know if you can actually use that as a verb but um we don't like you know what I mean but we share like here are some things that could be microaggressions we do all kinds of educational pieces on our page. So all you have to do is do one search one time to find somebody yeah. to put them on your feed. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, since you mentioned it, we might as well talk a little bit about tokenization as I well. Love it. Cause I think that's something that is really, really blatant every June. This month <laughs> in particular. And, you know, again, it happens in February for Black people. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I believe, is it May? Is a PI month? I think so. I think so. Because it was just. It was, yeah, it just happened. Mm -hmm. I have to think about what order the months go in. Yeah. (laughs) But tokenization is basically taking one person and expecting them to speak for a community. Right. Um, so, you know, getting the the gay perspective from from one person and, you know, kind of relating that as like, this is how the gays feel. Um, it's also like kind of a way to avoid scrutiny. It's like we talked about before, like, you know, this company can't possibly be racist. Look, we have an indigenous person who works reception. <laughs> it- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, you think that's an exaggeration, but literally. It, every, it happens every day. It happens literally every day. We hear things like that. We hear things like, oh, well, you know, I asked my one trans employee what we should do for Pride Month. Yeah, or like my gay friend said it's okay for me to use this slur, so I'm going to use it freely, and anybody who tells me not to is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I've heard a lot of that one. I've heard a lot of, yeah, my, my gay friend said it's okay for me to say dyke or whatever. 
I don't think your gay friend said it's okay for you to say that. I take back what your gay friend said. I'm your gay friend now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're your queer friends. <gasps> yeah. So yeah, any other thoughts on that? It's like, it sounds like it's, yeah, it just sounds so silly, but like you've got to, yeah. Let me tell you how many spaces I am the only queer person in, in my job. Um, because yes, it is my job to be the only queer person in, in a space sometimes. It's your job to be a queer person. Yeah. But like, there is this like misconception that I can speak for all queer youth across yeah. the greater Edmonton area, which I can't do. Like I, we serve so many of them. Like, and it's only so many of them. And there are so many that we don't see and we'll never see and we'll have experiences that we will never know about. And there are so many in our space that have experiences that we will never know about. But you bet your bottom dollar I am in every single space to speak on these kids' behalf. And I'm really grateful to do that. I'm so, so grateful that I have the confidence in myself where I can do that and I can give a voice to like the kiddos that aren't comfortable to do it. But it's like, what we want to see is you reaching out and saying, hey, do you have any youth that would want to speak? And then when I say, oh, no, none of them are comfortable, then you can ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, let's give the voices to these people that are experiencing it. I don't know the statistics on queer youth houselessness in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, if, and I get asked that all the time. And it's like, I don't I don't know. And that's the thing. So we're asked to speak on like queer issues and stuff, but it's like, I, you know, am a queer. Yes. But also like university educated white woman. Like I can't speak for a houseless, you know, trans kid or, you know, someone like there's so many people. And like, we're just there's a reason it's a rainbow, right? Like there's so such a vast array of experiences and we cannot represent absolutely everyone. No one could, right? In any marginalized community, right? Like, I just have so many thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. Um, but then the other thing I just wanted to mention about tokenization is does that person, does that one person have the power to actually speak up if they are, I guess we're just going to make it a word, microaggressed against? <laughs> <laughs> like yes. we were at a conference and they said representation was never the goal. Like it's a, it's a step on the way, right? Mm-hmm but people treat it like it is the end. So the second you hire, you know, a queer person and let's be honest, it's usually a white queer person because people can only be one, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Then they're like, look, we're diverse, done. Like wipe off our hands, we're done. Good job guys. And, you know, and then that person deals with all this crap and they can't say anything about it. And then the company's like, look, we haven't had any complaints. We are perfect. <laughs> it's like schools that say oh we don't have a problem this isn't a problem because no students have come to us and told us it's like okay do they feel safe enough to do your employees feel empowered to speak to their experiences the answer is usually no <laughs> oh 
I have such a story about this. I used to work for a place that I thought the sun shined out of their butts, <laughs> honestly, um, until I started to experience this. I, oh, it's so complicated to explain because it's a seriously gross feeling. It but is, there yeah. were a couple places that I worked in the past where I was one of the only queer people in the entire space and the amount of times I got comments from management and I mean people above me about jokes about me sleeping with female employees and like oh well we gotta keep you away from it and it's like and I would tell people like I would make the complaints I would go higher and be like okay hey this is not okay. Like you're basically broadcasting that I'm like a predator and this is not. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's outing you if there's people in the room who aren't, but it's also playing into this thing about queer people being predatory, right? It's like, people don't want a lesbian in the women's change room because, oh my God. But it's like, yeah. And like, first of all, you're probably not. Even if I had a queer (laughs) colleague. We have boundaries. Even if I had a queer colleague, it would all, like, God forbid, me and that colleague would be in the same area together working because it was like, oh, there's probably something going on between you and, and it's like, there were so many times that I was in a committed relationship that comments like this were made about other people. And it literally destroys you because it almost makes you feel like you're doing something like to make people think that you're like hitting on them or like approaching them or making them uncomfortable but I'm telling you you are not (laughs) it's well and that's the thing so I have only been out at a couple jobs there's very few jobs I've actually been out while I worked there um this one I kind of outed myself in my cover letter (laughs) but that's because I wanted them to hire me I was like look I'm (laughs) here hire me please that doesn't Um, work very often (laughs) Don't start no, a cover letter. Only when it's a queer art. Yeah. No, there was this one. And it was when I was, oh my God, like 21 or 22. And I came out because I was very close with one of the other people who was kind of on a similar level. And then it just kind of went from there. Um, but the amount of like sexualized comments about me and just my being like sexualized was so, I mean... It's a really terrible feeling. It's really, really not great. And it sticks with you. It's part of why I wish straight men could not perceive me. Seriously. God. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That whole sticks with you thing is why, like, whenever I hear that one of our kids, especially, like, our little, like, girls are having comments made about them and their bodies, I just get so protective because I'm like, (laughs) I had to grow up really, really fast because of people sexualizing me from a very young age a lot of us did like just random people on the street like like I think I was 11 the first time I got like sexually harassed yeah I love people (laughs) people are great um so these things stick with you and they're no they're not they're not at all yeah yeah, it's also why I will physically fight any man who makes gross comments about children yeah. or teens, like, even or like literally anyone younger like, than me. I'm like, 
but don't, don't make gross do comments it. about anybody because like yeah oh don't do it anyway I just feel incredibly mm-hmm. protective fair. over totally yeah. totally fair yeah <sighs> yeah so that's my tangent it was a good one it was a good tangent <laughs> it's a good one right let's 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 talk about some positivity let's we're not like we're not going to like it or anything yet but i'm like let's like shift it and give some give the people what they want um let's talk about well i mean i guess it is kind of queer joy let's talk about pride coming up sick this episode will be released on Wednesday, this Wednesday. Holy crap! This episode will be released in two days. I know. Um, it's not very often that I can say that. And our Pride event will be this Saturday, June 18th. What are you the most excited for? Oh my god. Do you want, I mean, first, do you want to tell them all the work you've put into it? Please, go. Here part of me wanted stage. to say I'm excited for Sunday. <laughs> shut up you're not allowed to sleep and it'll be done no no so so i drag yourself up when we started doing this kelsey was planning a different event so they're like here why don't you get started on this and then so we have performers planned we have a stage booked and it's all full of performers it's a new drag show there are tons of vendors that i have been coordinating and getting and everything um we have like a bouncy obstacle course we have all kinds of stuff food trucks um Mm. a whole bunch of our youth are coming out to do glitter tattoos and just have fun um so I'm really excited I think it's going to be a lot of fun we get walkie talkies which I'm excited about best part (laughs) it's the best part yeah well because my phone was going to die immediately yeah like it goes from 11 to 7 we're getting there at like 8 a.m probably not going to leave until like 8 30 at least yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a very long day I'm it's planning for a 13 long. hour day um yeah. but yeah and watch my phone would die at like noon so I'm yeah, very excited probably. to have walkie talkies yeah seriously <laughs> um and I'm really excited to see our youth there because for a lot of them this is their first pride yeah it's actually it's really this- exciting this June has been my first pride month too that I've actually like gone and done like big events fun and you've had to work every single one had to work them but they're so fun (laughs) they are so fun no I'm I'm honestly I have kind of like redelegated myself I mean you know when you're in a position to do a lot of things you get to kind of pick which one of them you actually want to do um so like I am really excited because I kind of have all of our lovely volunteers they're all friggin' amazing and they're basically rip-roaring ready to go Mm-hmm. um and I'm gonna get to hang out with our kids for the vast majority of it which is really good because I don't know if they know that they are why we do all of this and like I we talk about how we do this for everybody right and like we do this for us and we do this for the queers that are recognized and we do this for everybody but which is true but for them <laughs> like but seeing are... the looks on our youth faces like yeah yeah. Like there are some of these kids that have like, well, most of them actually have like changed our lives yeah. and they are absolute angels and we love them a lot. And to be able to put on an event that they actually get to like go and be themselves yeah. and they're going to feel safe to do that. Yeah. You know, because it's us that's putting it on and like they trust us and that's just so freaking cool. It's, it's, it's a weird, like, it's a weird 
powerful, very, very privileged <laughs> feeling. Like, I don't think a lot of people get this feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, just think of it, like how fun it's going to be walking them up to on stage to meet drag performers. Yeah, right? Uh, so fun! Yeah, so we're, uh, I joked about wanting it to be Sunday, but I am very excited. I think yeah. I'm going to be a stress ball. Um <laughs> Until up like until then. up until then, and then I'll be like, okay, it's what what happens happens. Just kidding, I'm a control freak. I I will not let go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of at the point where like we we have put a lot of work into it. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. I think if the weather holds off, we'll be good. Yeah, I think it's because I still have a very long to do list of stuff to get done this week. Um, so, I do too. Yeah, that's why I can't be like you know what happens happens. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm excited and like. Yeah, one of like my other job is coming and like one of my cousins is coming to represent like a company that my uncle started. And like he Fine. was always very conservative and like, you know, voted UCP and donates to them and stuff. And so it's very mm-hmm. exciting to see her and her husband coming. Um, and they have apparently like giant Jenga <laughs> that Fine. they've painted in pride colors. So oh, I think yeah. everybody's gonna have a really great time. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Do you have another queer joy or was that it? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of queer joy in my life. (laughs) Do you have any extra queer joy? I do. Okay, you tell me yours and then I'll decide if I have another one or not. So I have had this recommended to me by a number of people, but most of all, my brother. And so I started watching Shira yesterday. I basically spent all afternoon watching the entire first season and it's so, so good. But probably my favorite part is the character design because there are characters of all different skin tones and body types. Like there are very few characters like in the main cast that would read as white. And they, there's people that are, you know, a little chubby. There's people with like pear shaped bodies and like Shira herself. They weren't afraid to make like give bulk too like she's got like broad shoulders and like you know she has muscles and it's yeah I really really love the character designs and then the other thing about them like their outfits so a lot of times you know in superhero kind of stuff they would be in like bathing suit style body suits Mm -hmm. but like everybody's especially the women are like shorts or leggings or like amazing it's yeah I I I really really love it so it's a show that people can actually like see themselves in and and it's also just and there's so many himbos what the heck is a himbo (laughs) it's like so it's like male characters who are like big and strong but like super dumb and respectful of women Like there's the one, like the main guy, Bo, like he wears a cropped, he wears like a cropped outfit all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's drawn as being black and like, but even his armor was cropped and he calls them the best friend squad. And it's just like super, like, you know, respectful of the women in his life and like incredibly sweet and kind of dumb. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's a really lovely show. Yeah. Have bows, have bows. Yeah. Listen, I was, I did have a good queer joy and now I have to take it away because something happened to. Oh no. 
it's very upsetting. So my queer joy was going to be my new Lizzo coloring book. Oh no. What happened? She released her new song. Oh, and it has a slur in the first 14 seconds, an ableist slur. Oh yeah. I was wondering how you were going to feel about that. And it's stupid. And now I'm offended and she hasn't addressed it yet. And for all of you being like, Ooh, cancel culture. These words hurt people, so suck a dick. I think it's dumb, and she could have picked any other word. So, ha, that's my two cents. It's like my, I, so that would have been my queer joy. Was my, I did get a Lizzo coloring book. So if by Wednesday she announces some really great, like, fix to this song or addresses it or whatever, then that's joyful. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm debating hoping. whether or not to point out that dumb is also ableist. Oh, really? You yeah. are right. <laughs> That's silly. Thank you. There we go. For that correction. We're silly. all growing and working on things. Yes. Did get right. So hopefully up. this will be a moment of growth for Lizzo. And yeah, of learning. Because she's going to listen to this podcast for sure. <laughs> I mean, not does, but we are the only ones saying it. So no, no, that's the, uh, yeah. No. People are saying yeah. it much more publicly. Oh yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty loud and out there. I'm sure now that all of you have listened to this podcast, you're going to get those weird ads because we mentioned this, the Lizzo yeah. debacle. All of your like Instagram ads are going to be like about Lizzo now. You just wait. Your phones are listening. Birds aren't real. Oh, okay. Do you have any other conspiracies? <laughs> No, that's it. Do you have that's an actual all. joy, not a sad joy? No. It's Pride Month. It's Pride. There we go. Hug your favorite queer. With and consent. Your favorite queer. With consent. <laughs> <laughs> Always ask for consent before hugging your favorite queer or anyone. Um, yeah. With that, thank you all for joining us. I noticed an uptick in Ontario listeners, which is exciting after our conference out there. And I just basically threw cards at everybody, um, like podcast business cards. So that's nice. fun. <laughs> I didn't have like a deck of like playing cards. Just yeah, I was everybody. like, weird of you. <laughs> no, I brought like a stack of business cards like this big and was just like, pew, 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 pew. gosh, you must have one good graphic designer. I sure do. They're great. It's me. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody, wherever you are from. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful week, and maybe we'll even see you at our Pride on Saturday. Uh, so be kind to yourself and others, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.